0: I want to take a moment just to thank Pastor Herbert and Tiffany for uh, giving me this honor and uh, privilege it is to share with you today, and I'm excited to jump into God's Word with you here today on week two of our Matched series. Last week, Pastor Herbert communicated this theme for our series. He said, great marriages are not about what you say, but about what you sow. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 puts it this way, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. And there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things out there. Some people will say out there, hey, I have a great marriage. And uh, some people will say, hey, I have great relationships, I have great friendships. But just because you say you have something doesn't mean that you really have it. Saying you have a great marriage Won't help you have a great marriage. But sowing the right seed into the marriage, the giving, investing in the right things in your relationships and in your marriage are what will bring about a change. It's not about what you say, it's about what you sow. And so today I want to talk about sowing good communication into your marriage and your relationships. And I want to take a moment and I want to speak to to everybody here today. If you're single, I want to talk about the principles I'm going to talk about here in just a moment are going to impact you. They're going to help you in your work relationships. They're going to help you in your friendships. They're going to help you to to understand this stuff early so that when you start dating, you will understand the correct communication techniques. And can I just tell you, please learn this early please avoid the pain that many of us over the years have went through figuring it out learn it now learn it early so that you will have great relationships and a great marriage in your future so it's going to speak to all of you guys here today how many of you ever had a moment where you said something and as you were speaking it you wish you could grab the words back and pull them back in Anyone ever been there? You kind of inserted your foot into your mouth. I remember I was uh, helping with a funeral a few years back, and, and I was helping, uh, you know, just kind of help coordinating, and our worship team at the time was there leading worship, and one of our worship vocalists was there, and she had led the songs, and the widow had come up to her and just said, thank you so much for what you did. This was a wonderful celebration of my husband's life, and just want to appreciate you for all that you've done, and and then she went to pat her belly and said, "I could see that you're expecting." <laughs> yeah, oh, you know what I'm, you know where I'm about to go, and uh, and she was like, "Oh, I'm not pregnant." And there were four guys standing around, and we know better. We you same Bolt out of there, like we were gone. It was one of those moments where we, you know, the guys we knew, you don't, you don't, you don't say that. And, uh, and But it's one of those moments where, you know, you regret the things that you say. And so it's funny today. I want you all uh, online, I want you at all of our campus, all here at this campus, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to somebody and say, communication will make or break you. Come on, turn to somebody right now. The reality is that communication will make or break you. It can be good communication, and it will make your relationship. If it can be poor communication, it will break your relationship. Early on, uh, me and my wife, uh, we had some struggles in our communication. We are going on 20 years this year, 20 years of being married, yeah. We are so excited for that. And uh, early on in our marriage, though, we struggled with communication. If I'm honest, we had some challenges. And I grew up in a family where my parents, they avoided conflict. They, they were not willing to communicate about it. They, you know, when you get into those difficult moments, it's either fight or flight. And they were the kind of couple that would flight. They would, they would run away from it. They wouldn't resolve the issues. They wouldn't come together and communicate. Or if they did come to an agreement, it was almost uh, because of the uncomfortableness of the situation, they would just kind of come to an agreement In order to avoid the intense situation and the reality is is that I brought a lot of that into my relationship with my wife and early on our communication was not good it was a lot of flight for me it was a lot of me running away not wanting to deal with the issues and I'll never forget one time we were on vacation we were visiting some family in Washington DC We decided to go and visit family We hadn't seen him in a while and we had been away from the East Coast for quite a while and so we were excited to visit with family and my kids at the time, we, so we arrived in D.C. and we were about to go visit some of the monuments out there in the area. And my kids wanted to ride with their cousins in, in my sister's car. And so they went into that car. And so we, we had a moment without the children. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we were there driving in the car. And uh, I hadn't realized, and this is, this is something I think is common with a lot of guys. I didn't realize I had offended my wife earlier in the day, and she began to communicate to me and she began to be very vulnerable to me on what I said and how it had hurt her. And, uh, and as a husband, I'm, you know, regrouping, wasn't aware that I had said something that had hurt her, that had um, communicated something to her that, that she didn't appreciate. And she was being very, very vulnerable and very, very um, calm and just really trying to communicate, trying to resolve the issue in our relationship. And, and how many of you know sometimes when you're in that moment and it's an uncomfortable situation, something begins to bubble up on the inside? You know what I'm saying? You start getting a little irritated. Some of the things that are said starting to get, get a little angry, getting a little upset. And I remember in that moment that I was trying to stuff it down, trying to stuff it down, saying, Rob, if you say that, you know where this is going to go. You know how this is going to end. And, and so I stuffed it down for a while, and I was like, all right, I got I to got control. Then she said something else, and it was like, blah! It was one of those moments where I wasn't very proud. If I'm honest with you today, it was actually very embarrassing. It was a moment in my life where I lost it in the car, and I regret it very deeply. And after that moment, I came to the realization that I never want to experience that again. In that moment, I was breaking, my communication was breaking my relationship. It was not making it, it was harmful, it was not helpful. And I thank God that over these last 20 years, God has helped me to continue to grow in my communication with my wife, and and today I can say that we are much better. We are much better off than we were in that moment. But it didn't come without a lot of work. And the reality is that many of us are still dealing with that as well. So maybe you're here today and you're struggling with it. I, I saw a statistic, the Huffington Post uh, took a poll of 100 mental health professionals. They found this, that communication problems were the number one common factor that leads to divorce. The number one common factor, they interviewed 65 of divorced, 65% of of divorced couples and said that, that actually 65% of these divorced couples mentioned that communication problems was the number one reason that led to their divorce. So we're not alone today. The reality is that our culture today is in our friendships, in our work relationships, in our marriages are failing largely due to our inability to properly communicate. We are having communication problems and communication will make or break you in your relationship. Now, I want to say this to, to all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, single men, couples today. I don't know. I don't care what season you're in. The principles I'm about to share are going to impact you in any every relationship that you have. So you could be a teenager today and say, Pastor Rob, how is this going to affect me? I'm telling you, if you will apply these four principles um, Forms of communication, helpful forms of communication into your relationships, you will see those relationships get built and they will grow into healthy relationships. Those of you who are married, apply these to your marriage and you're going to see your marriage grow. First form of helpful communication I want to share with you today is frequent communication. Over the last 20 years, I've had the opportunity to speak with dozens of couples who are struggling in their communication, who are struggling in the, their relationship uh, and in their conversation. And so we have, we have a couple, wonderful couple up here. This is Jack. Everyone say hi, Jack. This is Jill. Everyone say hi, Jill. As you can see, Jack and Jill since last week have had a baby. And uh, the baby's being very good here today, is uh, not crying, is, you know... Very good, but we have Jack and Jill here wonderful couple married for a little bit now they they uh, they have a, a little baby, but they also have a child that's in school right now and and um, life is busy life, life is hectic and you know Jack he goes to work and he works hard all day and and uh, to, to do what he can to help with the finances and and uh, Goes to work, stays long hours, gets home late at night, and has a long, hard day is spent. He's tired. He comes home. First thing he wants to do is, I got to eat something. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I need to eat something. Jack eats a meal, sits down, grabs the remote, just ESPN, whatever he needs to do. He's sitting back. He's relaxing. Uh, not saying much to Jill. Um, Not communicating much, maybe gets a couple texts on his phones, checking his email just to make sure everything's okay at the office. And Jill, she comes home from work and long day at work and she has a newborn has to stop by daycare pick up the baby when she picks up the baby she she goes home and the kids are coming home and she has to help them with their schoolwork and after she helps them with their schoolwork then she has to make sure that she gets some dinner on the table and so she she's like today is a pizza day I'm not cooking nothing so she gets pizza orders some pizza has people everybody's able to eat and and they they're 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 getting cleaned up now after dinner she helps the kids get cleaned up, get a bath, get ready for bed and she just collapses because she's just exhausted. And she didn't really think much about the communication either because she's so busy. Jack's busy. Jill's busy. And then all of a sudden, the relationship begins to break down. They begin to get further and further apart. Excuse me, Jack. I'm just going to help you here. And Jack begins to drift a little bit away from Jill. And I'm sorry, Jill, but Jill begins to drift a little bit. Oh, I don't want to drop the baby. And Jill begins to get a little bit more drifted away from Jack. And then they wonder one day, what happened? What happened? Our relationship isn't what it used to be. And it's drifted because their communication has come to a standstill due to all of the demands of life. I want you to hear this, church. No communication is harmful communication. No communication is harmful communication. If you're not talking to your friend, I'm sorry, but you ain't gonna have a friend long. If you're not talking to your spouse, I'm sorry, but the relationship is gonna get distanced. And the Bible says this in Amos 3:3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? The reality is no. If you ain't talking, you ain't agreeing on no direction. You ain't going nowhere in your relationship. You cannot move forward if there's not communication. And I remember early on the communication I had with my, with my lovely wife. And I remember on the phone, we'd just be on the phone late at night. Oh, girl. Oh, girl, you, you awesome, girl. Oh, you, you better not invite her to the party. No, uh-uh. I, I know he ain't coming. Oh, yeah, I know. You're so funny. <laughs> and you talking all night long, and you remember, you remember that, fellas. You remember staying up all late, late at night. I remember one time I was staying up late at night talking to, to my wife, and, and I just started falling asleep. And, I'm, and she's like, you sleeping? I'm like, no, no, no. snorting, all kind of stuff going on. But we used to spend time communicating. Now, oftentimes, I hear a lot of guys say, and, and I've said it myself, I'm just, I'm just too tired to talk. I'm too tired to communicate. I don't, I don't want to say nothing. But we used to stay up all night trying to win that girl's heart. I'm going to win her heart. I'm going to talk all night. But somehow, our tongue forgot how to work, and we stopped communicating And we think that somehow, if we're not going to sow any communication in the the relationship, that we're still somehow going to reap a great harvest of a great relationship, a great marriage. It don't work that way. You reap what you sow. Great marriages are not about what you say, they're about what you sow. If you sow no communication into your relationships or your marriage, no matter what your relationships are, you eventually will reap an undesirable harvest from it. So how do you begin to communicate again once the communication is broken? How do you do that? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think, first of all, you need to get into the person's world. Um, I've realized this over the course of my lifetime, that people enjoy talking about themselves more than they like hearing you talk about yourself. <laughs> How many of you have realized that? I'm like, Man, I'm talking too much. And so I want to encourage you to get into their world. Ask them about their day. Ask them what what was something that was interesting that that you experienced today at work. Tell me, um, what challenges are you dealing with right now? Find out about their world. I think another thing you can do is talk about the important things. This was huge for me. We had the opportunity several years ago to go on a retreat as a couple, and we went away on this pastor's retreat, and we spent a lot of time um, just sleeping, recovering, getting some rest, but also spending time really talking about our marriage. Where do we want it to go? What about our children? What do we want to raise them with? What are the things that we're looking in their life that we want them to know when they become adults? What are the things that we're doing today to instill that in them so that they can have a successful life? And we had never done this before. We had never taken a whole week aside to say, God, we we want you just to talk about, we're just going to talk about the important things. Direction of your marriage, vision for your family, your kids, um, how you felt about your day, your finances, your relationship with God, all of the important things. And I think the third thing is that we we need to do is we need to start actively listening and here's what here's what i want you to get on this you need to listen to what their heart is saying not what their mouth is saying i've realized this over the course of my relationship with my wife that sometimes what she says out of her mouth isn't exactly what she's meaning from her heart and she's the longing of her heart is Rob, I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. I, I just miss you. You're gone so much. But it comes out like this. Man, you gone so much. When you put that phone away, I'm about to I'm about to throw that, break that phone. I haven't seen you all week. You're not present. And it could come out that way. And so we hear the words, and I've seen so many men shut down because they're getting that type of feedback. And they're not listening. And women who have shut down as well. This 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 goes for men and women who are shutting down because they're listening to the words instead of what the heart is saying. The heart is saying, I love you. I long to be with you. And yet the words somehow are irritating. Listen to the words and actively listen. Put the phone down. Put the iPad down. Stop looking on your Facebook. Be focused in that moment. And actively listen to that person. Second thing I want to talk about helpful communication is intense communication. Otherwise known as conflicts. Or I heard a preacher one time said we're about to have some loud fellowship. Loud fellowship. You see, when two imperfect people come together, there's bound to be disagreements, there's bound to be arguments, there's bound to be fights, but we have to learn how to fight fair. Ephesians 4.29 gives us a great insight. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I want to say it again, great marriages are not about what you say, but they're about what you sow. And you have to sow helpful communication if you want to reap a God-honoring marriage. Your communication will make or break your marriage or any relationship that you're in. And I've discovered this over the time that more times than not, an argument never really fixes the issue. An argument never really fixes the issue. All it does, it gives an opportunity to hit a little bit below the bell to say a few words that kind of get you a little dig in because you felt hurt or you felt angry Proverbs 15, one says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Let me give you a tip today. If you are so upset and you're fuming and you're about to say something and you shouldn't say, can I say like, Boo, take a time out? Can you just take a time out? Take five, 10 minutes. Go for a walk. Now, I'm not saying that you pack the bags. I'm going to live with my mama for a week. I'm not saying that. Don't go to mama's. Don't leave for the weekend. Don't leave the house because that's just going to cause more damage. But I've found that harmful communication is all about winning the argument. And helpful communication is all about resolving the issue. Harmful is about winning. Helpful is about resolving. Great marriages are not about what you say, but they're about what you sow. If you sow teamwork, you're working together. We're we're in this together for the long haul. We're going to get peace. We're going to get harmony. We're going to get understanding. You will reap, reap a thriving marriage relationship. You see, in, intense communication is successful when it's resolving issues. And this brings me to my third form of helpful communication, honest communication. Proverbs 11.3 says, honesty guides good people, dishonesty destroys treacherous people. I'll put it this way. Honesty guides a good marriage, and dishonesty destroys a marriage. Honesty guides good relationships, good friendships, but dishonesty destroys all of those relationships and friendships. The reality is that you need trust in any relationship if it's to succeed. This is your friendships. This is work relationships. This is your marriage. You have to have trust at the core if that is going to succeed. Ephesians 4.15 says this, speaking the truth in love. Everyone say love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Marriage is a Relationship built on a foundation of trust. And I want you to hear me today. And trust is earned. It's not automatically given. Now, I've talked to many couples and they said, well, Pastor Rob, yeah, I messed up, but she said she forgave me or, or he said he forgave me. I want you to hear me. Just because your spouse has forgiven you, you got to get this, doesn't mean that you don't have to work to rebuild the trust. It doesn't mean that. Don't don't be mistaken. Forgiveness doesn't mean that trust is restored. It just means you have an opportunity to start building that trust again. That's all it means. So don't be mistaken. If you have built distrust into your marriage, if there's been a moment where there's been a lack of trust, know that you must do the hard work to rebuild that trust again. Great marriages are not about what you say. They're about what you sow. And communication will make or break you. And if you sow dishonesty in your marriage, you're going to reap dis- destruction like that, marriage, like that scripture said. And the fourth thing, the final form of helpful communication I want to share today is loving communication. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. See, when we say words like, I hate you, you get on my nerves. You get on my last nerve. You're worthless. Why can't you be so and so like so and so's spouse why? Why can't you do things the right way? I don't even know why I married you. I don't even know why you're here. These statements are extremely damaging you've heard the statement, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I'm telling you, the words that you say, if the power of life and death is in the tongue, the words can destroy and cause death in a relationship. It's not what you say, it's what you sow. So what does loving communication look like? I think one of the things I think you need to affirm, and, and ladies, I, I, I want to talk to you for a minute. Can I just talk to you? Lean in for a minute, ladies. Come on. Lean in. I'm going to give you a secret. This boy won't tell you this, but I'm going to give you a secret into a man, okay? That boy that you have, or that boy that you're looking for, single ladies, he needs you to be his number one cheerleader. Now, he, now he's not going to tell you that because he's a man, and man ain't going to tell you that. But I'm telling you today, that boy needs you to encourage him. I heard someone say that it takes seven affirmations to combat one negative criticism. Seven to one ratio. You need to encourage that boy if you want him to enjoy spending time with you. You need to encourage that boy if you want him to, to enjoy spending time with you. If it's always negative, I'm telling you, that boy going to run. He ain't going to want to be around that. Now, husbands, now men, lean in for a minute. You ain't getting off either. But men, can I tell you to be specific with her? Instead of going up to her and saying, honey, you just so awesome, she'd be like, awesome about what? <laughs> yeah, yeah tell, tell me what I'm awesome about. Well, you're just awesome. You're just always awesome. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how she's going to be because she's going to read right through it. You need to be specific and say, honey, I love the way that you manage our household. I don't know what I would do if you did not manage our household the way that you do. Honey, I I love the way that you take care of me and the kids. Man, You, girl, you a good cook. And there's some bad ones out there. Hallelujah, I got a good one. (laughs) Tell that girl something specific. Watch your tone and your body language. This is a big one, too. Research in 1971, get this, 1971 research about face-to-face communication, found this out, this blew my mind, 7% of communication is words, only 7%, 38% is your tone, oh, some of y'all are like, I messed up now, <laughs> 55% is your body language, you're like, man, I, I, I messed this whole thing up. 93% of all communication is your tone and your body language. You are speaking more by the way that you look, by the inflections in your voice than you are with the words that you say. 93% of communication. It's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Are you saying it cynically? Are you saying it tenderly? Are you saying it with frustration or calmly? Are you saying it softly or aggressively? Body language. You got the head going like this. (laughs) Come on now. You got to fix that. My mom used to say, boy, I know you ain't sucking your teeth at me. (laughs) You sucking them teeth? That's going to damage your relationship. Relationship. 93% 93% is tone and body language. Once again, great marriages are not about what you say, but they're about what you sow. And communication will make you or break you in your marriage. And as I wrap up today, I want to share with you a story. It's a story of a, a young mom. She had had two kids and a two-year-old and a six-month-old. And one day she had went out to run some errands. And as she was running errands, she, she was coming back home and she pulled into her driveway And as she pulled into her driveway, she got out and shut the door behind her, went out to the mailbox and picked up some of the letters from the mail, began to go through those as she was kind of walking back to her car. And as soon as she got back to the car, her two-year-old looked up at her and locked the doors on the car. And I don't know if you've ever tried to communicate with a two-year-old But it's not the easiest thing, it's difficult at best. So now her two babies are locked in her car while it's still running. And she begins to talk to her little girl, two year old girl through the, as the window's there and saying, honey I need you just to push this button, just right there. And she's laughing because she thought it was a game. And she's laughing and she's playing around and she's like, laughing with mom and mom's trying to keep her cool and trying to play a little bit along with her and trying to say okay, I just but I need you to do this. Okay, yeah. And the girl continues to run around in the car and is playing around and having a good time. Well, this family lived way out in the country and dad was at work and there was no one else around to help mom get the kids out of the car. And about an hour passes. And they're still stuck in the car, and by this time, the six-month-old had a diaper disaster. And By this time, the baby's crying, six-month-old is crying, is getting irritated, getting frustrated. Two-year-old begins to get irritated, the game is not fun anymore. She's like, Mommy, I want to just, I want to go in the house now, I want to be done. Mommy, would you help me just get out of the car? And the mom is starting to get frustrated as well, and she's seeing the anxiety in her children, and her anxiety begins to build a little bit more and a little bit more, to the point to where now the two-year-old is just bawling in the car. The six-month-old is crying uncontrollably, and now the mom is sitting there, standing there, looking at her helplessness. I can't communicate with my two-year-old. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't know what I need her to do so that I can resolve this issue. And she puts her head in her hands and begins to weep. And then all of a sudden, she hears a little little tap on the window. And her two-year-old looks up with tears in her eyes and says, Mommy, do you want me just to roll down the window And eventually, the two-year-old rolls down the window and is reunited with her mom. It's a wonderful thing, but the the real point of the story is this. Maybe you're here today. Maybe there's a friendship that you have. Maybe it's your marriage today that you feel like there's a window up and you don't know how to get through it. You don't know how to break through it. There's a barrier. And you're trying to communicate with your spouse or you're trying to communicate with your friend. And it seems like no matter what you do, you can't break through. There's no way that, that this thing is going to continue to, to move forward. And, and it becomes more and more distance. And this, this thing that looks like a piece of glass seems like it's miles and miles away from the other person. And you feel like today you're hopeless. Pastor Rob, you don't know about my marriage. I don't know if there's hope for my marriage. Pastor Rob, the spark that we had was a long time ago. I don't know if that spark can get reignited. I'm here to tell you today that the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. You roll down that window and his fire will blow again. Pastor Rob, I don't know. I've lost that love. I want to challenge you today to roll down that window. Let your spouse and let God in and see what he can do in your life.